Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Thursday, October 5th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in the New York Tri-State area. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Emma Murphy. And I'm Jay Doherty. And here are today's headlines. A higher number of New York City public school students are achieving proficient scores in both math and reading compared to last year. According to city officials, reading proficiency rates ticked up about 3% last year for students in grades 3 through 8. In math, proficiency leaped from about 38% to almost 50%. But there's a twist. In March, math and reading assessments were tweaked by the DOE to match new standards. So experts say that when you look at the last two years side by side, it's a bit like comparing apples to oranges. Some critics say the bar was lowered last March because scores took a hit due to the pandemic. Members of Mayor Adams' administration acknowledge that it's tricky to directly compare the stats, but they say these new increases are a reason to cheer for New York City students. After almost three years, the CDC will no longer print its COVID vaccine cards. Since the federal government won't be leading the COVID vaccine distribution, the CDC is discontinuing the use of their paper slips that track a person's vaccination status. Over 980 million of those vaccine cards were given out, but officials say they don't expect their discontinuation to cause any big changes. Most restaurants or events aren't requiring proof of vaccination anymore. The old cards can still be used to show vaccination status, but if you're just now receiving a vaccine, no worries. Most doctor's offices and pharmacies can provide your vaccination records. This season's Tony Awards are set to light up New York City on June 16, 2024. And this year, the ceremony is getting a new home at Lincoln Center for the Performing Arts. The Broadway League has chosen the David H. Koch Theater as the Tony's new venue. The theater currently houses the New York City Ballet. Last year's award ceremony was broadcast from the United Palace Theater in Manhattan's Washington Heights. The deadline for eligibility for this Tony Award season is April 25th and you can expect the nominees for the Tony Awards to be unveiled on April 30th. After five months off air, Saturday Night Live is set to return October 14th on NBC. The show's last season ended early due to the writer's strike. That forced the show to cancel an episode featuring Pete Davidson as host and Lil Uzi Vert as music guest. But next week, Davidson will be back for the premiere of the show's 49th season. Bronx-based rapper Ice Spice will join as the music guest. In the week after, NBC announced that Puerto Rican music superstar Bad Bunny will serve as both host and musical performer. And today is the 50th anniversary of Elton John's classic album, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. The tracklist features some of John's biggest hits, including Harmony, Benny and the Jets, and of course, the title track. Elton John reportedly composed the entire album in just three days while staying at a hotel in Jamaica. And those three days turned into Elton's biggest commercial success. To date, the album has sold over 30 million copies. From chatbots to face detection to self-driving cars, AI is changing the way we move throughout the world and revolutionizing industries along the way, especially within education systems. WFUV's Leah Mallory speaks with students and educators about the reasons behind the increase of AI in the classroom. I personally don't think that it like inherently takes away from the classroom experience. I just think teachers and students have to be smart about how they use it. I think that is the best form. You know, like tools like ChatGPT are really good for getting students to think critically. That's Zane Tilly, an undergraduate student at Fordham University. 
He's talking about ChatGPT, a generative artificial intelligence program that enables users to have human-like conversations with a chatbot on any subject. It can write essays, solve math problems, explain code, and even give relationship advice. ChatGPT is only one of several AI programs that are revolutionizing industries across the globe. But one place where it seems to stir the most controversy is inside the classroom. So many instructors think that students are always looking for shortcuts. Um, and AI provides an opportunity to take some shortcuts. That's Kirk Quinslin. He's a senior lecturer in the English department at Fordham University. He says that universities have been responding to increasing AI use by issuing statements condemning the programs. But Quinslin believes that there are pros to using AI within the classroom. I think that there's a much more kind of positive way to look at it, though, which is that this is something that can actually help students in a lot of ways. I've had students use it in order to help them generate outlines for essays. So there's the capacity that it has to give students the tools that they need in order to do their work. It isn't necessarily always going to be doing the work for them, but it's going to create the circumstances in which they're more effectively able to do their work. And Quinslin isn't alone. Dr. Stephen D'Agostino, director of online learning in the office of the provost at Fordham University, says that educators should prioritize teaching students about things relevant to the world and time period we live in. Is that we have to be mindful of what's happening in the world outside the classroom and integrate some of those tools, techniques, growing cultural understandings into our practice. If only to remain relevant, and to teach the people who are in front of us. The students that I'm teaching now, they're gonna leave the university and go into a world that has artificial intelligence operating in it. But he does acknowledge the potential harm AI can cause to the learning process by using his students as an example. So I asked them in, a, in groups to generate a list of ideas. They finished their work and they probably had like five ideas. And when I showed them that ChatGPT did that same work in like a minute and produced 20 times more ideas, they were like deflated in a way. I think they experienced how in real time ChatGPT can undermine the process of learning. There are other reasons to do that activity, to get to know each other, to communicate, to have some back and forth, to build a sense of community in the classroom. So in a way, ChatGPT can shortcut those processes and kind of flatten them. And Ella Hyde, another undergraduate student at Fordham, echoes similar sentiments. She says that she has used AI generators to help her understand difficult texts or concepts, but that it can indeed undermine learning. If you use it negatively, it's like write papers for you. You're not writing anything yourself. So there's not much learning happening that way. But if you use it healthily, in moderation, I think you'll be fine. So if AI can potentially undermine learning and competency, then should it be in the classroom at all? For Dr. D'Agostino, AI programs will likely become essential to the learning process. So we, we already have experienced the integration of technology in, into teaching and learning spaces, right? Probably 10, 15 years ago, maybe a little bit longer, when, when laptops became very common, Laptops were banned. Like, you close your laptops. I don't allow laptops in class. During the pandemic, for example, the university was giving students and instructors laptops because they became essential. 
Now, I can't make the same prediction about ChatGPT, but I imagine that it's going to move along that same continuum from disruptive to essential. But for Professor Kurt Quinslin, mystery still remains around the powerful programs. And while he says teachers will find ways to adapt to the increasing use of AI programs in the classroom, this current moment of evolution provides an opportunity for both educators and students to bond significantly. You know, one of the things that, again, I find so kind of exciting about the potential that AI poses for education is this opportunity for students and faculty to learn them together that it isn't something that we as faculty have the full control over what we can tell our students or what we're able to get our students to do. You know, the policies that we come up with, I think, work best as a way of communicating to our students that fundamentally we're figuring this out too, and we don't have the answers. And even though we are experiencing the transition to a more artificially intelligent world, the future of AI is still a blur. Will it undermine the education system completely? Will schools disappear? Or will it add to it and reconfigure school systems for the better? We'll only find the answers in time. But one fact remains. AI is here to stay. I'm Leah Mallory, WFUV News. And that's our show for today. But check back with us tomorrow, around 3 o'clock, for more news, music, and culture. And as always, you can find more from us at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Emma Murphy. And I'm Jay Doherty. And that's What's What.